welcome to another episode of the Collapsing Game Shelf Podcast, a podcast by a group of Viscounts. I don't even know what that word means. With way too many board games, I'm Tom, comma, Emma, and I'm joined by... Your local Lord Justin. Uh, yep, Adam, the squire. Hmm? <laughs> And Debbie, the cleric? Man, we do we do dumb shit every week and like Adam just sounds like he every time he just comes in from outside and <laughs> like <laughs> like someone put a microphone in front of his face and like start just yelling at him. It's like, oh, oh. I'm trying to think like I I, I can't even think of the name of some of the Viscounts. Hey, I bet. Hey, I, I bet. Do that. Like that's like the most Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. One. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm Adam, the abbot. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't think there were any lords in this game, for the record. Well, that's kind of well, what viscounts are. They They're... were, yeah. A viscount is a British nobleman, ranking above a baron but below an earl. Oh, oh wow! All right, a- above a baron. You answered my question yeah, yes. with uh, several other questions. I now have to go look up. <laughs> Which I'm sure is just a huge mess of uh, nobility uh, chains. Oh, yeah. This is not actually a uh, British history podcast. This is a board game podcast where we play games in our collections sometimes and then talk about them. Okay, okay. Quick, quick, quick aside here. We should really start a British nobles uh, podcast. Could be the next big thing. Oh, sure. Uh, (laughs) A deep dive into the history of British nobility. That's it. There you go. I'll I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll fire that up. I guess. <laughs> I <don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> so, are any of you experts? No. no. Well, I mean, God, no. to be fair, we weren't. We're not really experts in board games either. And here we are. <laughs> that's fair. Something to be said for tenacity. Yeah. Mm, true. That's how you become an expert. That's, yeah, that's true. You don't you don't become an expert by doing nothing. That's for sure. You become an expert by being tenacious D. I mean, well, I mean, only if you want to crank it up. To I consider 11. them an expert in something, and that's <laughs> being awesome. Pretty much. All right. <laughs> all right. Yeah. But, but, all right, Jesus back. Christ. Uh, now, after that aside, back to your regularly scheduled podcast. We play board games in our collections most of the time, uh, which sort of went south over the last woo, two years now-ish. Oh, fuck. Uh, when uh, everything went to shit and we started playing games online, found out there's a lot of games online. Uh, we are talking about Viscounts of the West Kingdom, uh, the concluding game in a quote-unquote trilogy that was uh, recommended to us by Kevin. Kevin! And uh, yeah, so we've done the other two, which were Architects and Paladins, and we're going to be talking about uh, our playthrough of Viscounts of the Western Kingdom. The West Kingdom. Jesus Christ. I know, because you keep, you corrected yourself, otherwise I would have just left it alone. That's fine. I'm just, look, this thing's going to be just riddled with errors, so I'm not even going to bother anymore. Uh, I have the uh, the back of the box uh, from a picture on Board Game Geek because I don't own this game because it was a big Kickstarter deal and I I I've been clean from Kickstarter for a while now. I got like my six month chip, I think. So uh, nice, yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna read the back of the box here. Viscounts of the West Kingdom. All right, that's the title. The king's influence is beginning to decline, but you have nevertheless found favor in his courts. As Viscounts, you must be wise and decisive. Loyalty is to be upheld, but gaining favor among the people is your top priority, in case there should be a sudden shift in power. Increase your influence among various areas of society while you construct buildings, write manuscript, and acquire deeds for new land. Uh, So, Viscounts of the West Kingdom is a uh, it's a worker movement game it's not really a placement game you it's the the way the way it was described in the like 30 minute video that i that i watched was that it was rondel movement which is to say that you're going to have a little dude on a horse sort of galloping around the outer board, which are where your actions are going to be taking place. Uh, as the overview, uh, as Justin pointed out to me earlier uh, today before the recording, the, the game is you you play a card, you move your Viscount around, and then you take an action. You know, that pretty much sums up the general 
like flow of the game, really. Uh, you have a deck of cards, which you'll be drawing from. You'll be playing these cards into a, uh, a set of three that are hanging out on your little player board. Um, those will determine how far your Viscount moves. Uh, you move your Viscount around, uh, depending on, you know, various things, including special bonuses that you can uncover. Uh, you decide which way you want to go. Uh, certain actions are available to you, depending on whether you're on the outside of the rondel or the inside of the rondel. Um, you then take those actions uh, or take an action at that space, whether it be trading, which is getting resources or or silver, um, building buildings like the trading post guild halls workshops that are on your board, um, writing manuscripts, which is just like on the inside of the board. You can uh, just take these tokens off, which represent you writing books, I guess. Adding people to the castle or adding workers to the castle, which is mega confusing, um, as well as you can like purchase town folk uh to add to your board as well as there's some other things about these like townsfolk that are hanging out on the on the main board where you can like dismiss them to add symbols to your actions and stuff like that and so that that is kind of how the actions work it's easy to explain but there's a lot of like minutia that if i start going into it again it'll take half an hour so i recommend if you really want to know what this game is all about you should probably just look up a video uh but we'll probably be going over a little bit more of what the the actions are as we go once you're done with your like moving your dude around and your actions and adding more townsfolk to your discard pile uh you determine whether there's like another tracker which is like this virtue marker and this corruption marker which are sort of like moving back and forth depending on what's going on um, if they sort of overlap each other then stuff happens for you as well as everybody else so depending on where this these markers are and the state of your townsfolk or your cards that are on your board you might get some bonuses or you might get some uh, negative things like the debts depending on where you're at um, and then you just draw cards back into your hand until you have your hand limit so some things let you discard cards so generally just like draw back up to three and then pass your turn to go over the actions i guess really quickly like trading is you know you you get stuff um so depending on how many money bags you have on the uh, money bag symbols you have hanging around on on the on the townsfolk that you've played uh you can get certain numbers of stuff depending on which uh, action space you're on so sometimes that's silver sometimes it's stone sometimes it's gold sometimes it's inkwells and these different resources will play into the different actions if you're on the outside of the board you can build a building which is either trading posts guild halls or workshops and these are worth points as well as they uncover additional symbols or additional powers the, the way that works is you need to have a certain number of hammer symbols on the townsfolk that you have or as well as any other like bonuses that you have as well as you can augment this action with stone um there's like a, a bunch of symbols on the outside of the thing so like when you cover something up you also get a bit of a bonus as well as like there's connecting lines so that if you if you and someone else uh intersect this line or, or on either side of this like bonus you can both get a bonus yay everybody wins um boof castles i'm gonna skip castles uh the uh, manuscripts is like you spend inkwells and crosses to be able to get manuscripts and that's kind of like set collection so if you get like three blue manuscripts you can get the the special blue manuscript power um same thing for like there's a yellow one and a silver one and uh and a black one and um if you collect uh like sets of ones that are not the same so if you have like all four colors that's worth a bunch of points um so these are another good way of getting points throughout the game and then finally uh castles which is like on the inner part of the rondel that action is um you can spend gold or you have fleur-de-lis on the uh cards that you've played and that allows you to add people into the castle which as i mentioned is mega confusing i stayed away from this because i was terrified of it um so i don't know what that says uh about me or the game uh but basically the way it works is like you put your guys into the castle and if there are three or more of your guys in a space they get promoted to a further ring of the castle which gets you bonuses as well as like they start to move into the uh into the adjacent spots depending on on what's going on um and this can sort of chain and cascade and what you're trying to do is you're just trying to get like three people as in in each of the in each of the concentric rings until you can finally promote someone into the middle uh, because if you're the person that has the most people in the middle you get a bonus as well as like you get resources and stuff um i think 
that's kind of it. I don't is that is that an adequate explanation of that, Adam? You're kind of the only one that was going after it. Yeah, like you get points based on how many people you have in the middle. Uh different levels are worth different amounts of points and um yeah, promotions happen when you get three people in the middle. Like it's, it's just yes, yes. <laughs> the, the 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 TLDR of just like this game in general is like every single thing is in one way, shape, or form interconnected with every other thing, which may, which makes trying to describe how this game plays, um, well, a nightmare. And I'm glad that I'm not the one doing it. Yeah, um, I feel like it's less interconnected than what was going on in Paladins, where you like you needed a, a the the black influence or whatever uh, attribute to be able to do stuff in the blue zone and stuff like that. Like I think you can specialize a little bit more in this one, um, but yeah, it is like equal parts deck building because you are trying to get townsfolk into your deck that you can play that match your strategy because all the townsfolk are going to have different abilities when they get played or different abilities when they're present or different abilities when they fall off. There's only three spots. So every round you're moving these people around. Um, and when they fall off, some of them do stuff. Sometimes that thing is good. Sometimes it's bad. You're trying to like build up that deck to match your strategy. Now there's also like trying to move your little Viscount around because they go a certain number of spaces. So you have to be careful to uh, be able to put down cards that match where you want to end up going. Um, there's also like if you run into somebody else, else on your way you give them a little bit of a a a bonus i'm gonna say because they can like rearrange their townsfolk which is actually it seems silly super helpful yeah being able to keep the guys around that you need like if you're big on crosses if you have somebody that has two crosses on them and they're about to fall off the edge of the of, of your board you can move them back to the top or back to the front and then they'll stick around for another couple of turns and this like it helps right it seems like a little thing but it's actually quite quite interesting quite uh quite integral to the whole thing and so yeah there's there's like some deck building and then there's like this dude movement thing and then there's the castle thing but mostly it's it's fairly straightforward but there is a there is a lot going on um and it's all kind of more or less represented well on the player boards and there's a lot of there's a lot of symbols and there's a lot of stuff going on so i'm probably going to cut it short because like i don't really want to go over how the collisions work and like there's a bunch of stuff around how you can dismiss town folk to get more uh, uh more symbols if you need them and we didn't do that because it was super mega confusing and we forgot about it we also missed the fact that like every time you're supposed to shuffle a deck so anytime you're supposed to draw a card and you don't have cards you shuffle your deck this is supposed to create more um, chances for your like corruption virtue markers to move that's something we missed because it was kind of like out of the thousand of things that are in this game like it was kind of like a really teeny part in my mind and it wasn't represented very clearly on the player aids but there's a there's a ton going on here it's fairly interesting like uh i don't know that i've ran into something quite this intricate um and uh it was a it was a very it was a very good experience i think i had a lot of fun playing with this one um playing with this one playing this one jesus <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And uh, in in keeping with the other with the other two, like the art is hilarious in a lot of ways. We had a lot of uh, almost more fun, just like uh, dunking on some of these guys, <laughs> some of the hero cards and stuff. Like Clovis just looks like a real shithead. If you uh, if you got if you got the uh, computer handy, you should look up Clovis. The guy looks like a real real dingus. But the uh, the art's really amazing. Um, and uh, and everything. Oh, I should probably mention like the way this game ends is you start the game with a certain number of deed cards, which are like they're just good. They're one point, and if you get to flip them over, which is another action that you can sort of do depending on which townsfolk you're putting down. If you flip it over, it's worth two points, I think. Correct. As well as if certain conditions are met at the end of the game, the person with the most flipped over deeds will get more points. There's also debt cards, which are just straight out of the gate, minus two points. 
unless you can get rid of them and then they become worth a resource of any type, as well as if you are able to meet the other condition in the game, the person with the most flipped over debt cards will uh, get some extra points. And the game ends when either one of these piles runs out. So um, they, they they didn't play like a huge role in the other games, like this sort of debt card c- c- scenario uh, uh, mechanism is carried over from the other two games, but it didn't play quite as big of a role as it does in Viscounts. So it's kind of a, you can kind of race to try to get these things uh, to try to end the game early or try to like stifle it or you'll just get them because getting debts is just part of being in this game. Like anytime someone has one of these like virtue collisions, you'll probably end up with either a debt or a deed card. Um, and somebody will end up with debts or deed cards because that the person who caused the collision just gets some of those um, depending on where their markers are. It's confusing. So again, I'm going <laughs> to cut it short. Um, the flow of the game, uh, you have cards in hand, you play a townsfolk, shifting the other townsfolk over. Sometimes they fall off and they do stuff that's special. You move your Viscount, depending on numbers that are on the towns uh, townsfolk cards. You go to an action square. You can do an action depending on what is, what is present. Um, it'll generally tell you uh, what's going on, although there's not that many symbols on the board, so you just have to know that, like, the outside ring is for trade and buildings and the inside ring is for castles and manuscripts um then you do the actions that you want you can then recruit some more guys and then you kind of just draw cards and you move on um that is as concise as i can possibly make it um did i miss anything in particular i don't think so i mean i think we could turn this into a 45 minute podcast on you know in-depth rules explanation yeah no i I think you hit all the main points without getting into convoluted, you know, cases. Nailed it. You got it. First try. All right. So what'd you think? My first impression, uh, especially after coming from uh, Paladins, was uh, how much better this one was than Paladins. I, Paladins, I just for me felt unnecessarily convoluted in, you know, oh, I want to do this. Well, you can't because you need X and Y and you got to like put everything up evenly. And it's like, no, I don't want to bother with that. It's just, no, it's just uh, you had to. And the heroes all kind of felt a little lackluster and you couldn't really manipulate your deck. This kind of takes what Paladins, I think, tried to do and does it better. Um, you have more deck manipulation everything feels more impactful and i like how you can like remove cards from your deck entirely so you can kind of focus in on a strategy if you think you can make it work uh it also though had a lot more this is a lot more i think front heavy of a game i paladins you could kind of get away with a brief rules explanation although we messed that one up so maybe i'm wrong in that (laughs) regard uh but this one felt like you needed uh a, a firm understanding on how everything works because I remember when I first kind of entered into this, I think I watched 40%, no, no, 40, 60%, 60% of the how to play video. Uh, so, uh, you know, I was kind of just messing around at first and I ended up getting a few resources that I never ended up using. Uh, but otherwise, everything played out quite well and I, I was able to kind of see a strategy and just kind of focus my deck towards doing that. And, you know, I was able to ignore other things. Maybe that's not the best strategy, but I, I like that the game allows you to do that without a uh, kind of forcing you to play the game the way it thinks it needs to be played. I really enjoyed this game. This is, I found this game really interesting. I find that when you play a game, um, when you end that game knowing that you screwed a couple things up or that you don't quite understand something, I find that a lot of the times I walk away from those games just thinking, like, I got the general impression. I don't care, really. Um, and I don't, I'm not super interested in in doing it again and doing it, like, with more, with more knowledge and, and with uh, kind of right, I guess. Um, whereas this game, I walked away from it wanting, wanting to play it again, knowing more information. Um, and not being like, not being super upset about the fact that we missed, like we mixed up a few things and that we missed a few things. Like I felt like this, this game had a very, 
well laid out kind of learning curve almost where I feel like, I don't know, like I feel like even playing the game and being disappointed about the fact that, you know, like you missed things. I'm not upset about it and I want to play it again and I'm quite interested in it. And I really liked a lot of the different um, puzzle aspects to this, especially, you know, like things that uh, the way that the like the Viscounts, um, uh, like the the walking track, like the the actual pathways that you can take, how numerically how they work out in a way that there are times where you're in a position like because I couldn't figure out originally why you would pay to you know um, change your movement and. There's there's times when you'll actually get in a position where if you have an even number, you will end up along like at the top kind of no matter what. The chances of you getting to the inner circle are are lower and they're harder. Um, whereas the outer circle, there's I probably twice as many spaces. Just I mean theoretically there'd be twice as many spaces um no you're there is yeah okay and so it was even though you had multiple pathways to take um because of the way that the board was laid out it was like i mean it doesn't matter if you take this way or that you know like there's the two spaces that you'd end up on would be both in the outer ring and not in the inner ring and i found that really interesting for some reason and there's kind of all these like little puzzle aspects that i I really appreciated in this game. And I'm bordering actually on saying that I'm almost willing to say I actually like this better even than the first one for some reason. Uh, this is the one that I felt the the most lost when we started playing. Um, but yeah, like I just, I feel like it's just, it's one of those games where you kind of learn with it. And even if you miss a certain aspect, um, you know, and Thomas pointed it out to me at one point, like at the beginning of the game, we, we uh, kind of missed the, the recruit aspect that you like recruiting somebody off the board is not an action. Um, you can take, you know, any of your other pieces. So you're like your manuscripts, your building, your, you know, any of that stuff. Um, and recruiting is actually its own step. And so you don't ever eliminate that out of a possibility for yourself. And we missed that. Um, and Thomas pointed out to me at point point, he's like, you know what, even if we had known that earlier, you're going to run out of money. Like you, you only have so much money to do that. So how much of an impact would you have made? Um, and I kind of appreciated that because yes, it could have made a difference and maybe it would have made my, I don't know how I plan to play the game different, but I feel like you can play this game being completely ignorant to something like, again, that Thomas mentioned, like being, you know, putting workers in the, in the castle, you could be completely ignorant to one aspect of this game and still be okay. And like, and still succeed. I think you kind of have to. Like, I, I, th- I think that this this is one of those games that really is like... Right, but I think choosing versus being completely ignorant to something is very different, right? Like, I think okay. that you can be completely ignorant to it in this game, and it will not harm you. So I don't, okay. I don't okay, think okay, you okay. have to master every single kind of uh, mechanism or every single kind of pathway that you can take. I don't think you have to master all of them and understand all of them to to be able to play this game and enjoy it. Like, I think that you can very easily enjoy the game without knowing everything and then learn more as you play the game, which I don't know that I find that very often. I think often I find um, certain aspects where I'm just like, man, you know, like had I known that it would have changed everything. And had I understood that, then I would have seen that that person was that much farther ahead of me. And I would have been able to, you know, um, really kind of understand different aspects. And I don't think you need to do that in this game, which I can appreciate. Right. And I mean, really like Grills McGee was the best part of the game. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Jesus, no. <laughs> was it a bet? No. Benefactor? Yeah, it was oh, the yeah, Benefactor. Yeah, yeah you're right. It was the Benefactor. Just, just, <laughs> just gold Anybody? chains, gold teeth. It was That guy was amazing. Yeah. Go look at that mug, people. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest thing ever. Yeah, I, I appreciate when a game can allow you to kind of focus on an aspect and kind of learn that sort of path, that path part of the puzzle, I guess, and still leave you... <laughs> 
at the end of the game, thinking about, oh, I wonder, you know, if it would have been better if I'd kind of diversified into this, or, oh, I saw how much, how many points Tom made uh, with all those damn manuscripts. Maybe, maybe next time I should, I should try to get a couple sneaky ones in if I can, that might really help. And it, it leaves you with sort of a, a better understanding of the puzzle without being like, oh, it's the same sort of like path every single time. And this one, depending on which cards are available and uh, which cards you draw into your hand the first turn even, uh, can really set you up for a different game every time you play it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like in the end, I hindsight, I probably would have paid into the evil people a little better um, or a little more because I, yeah, if you get the right synergy going, um, the quote unquote bad people are really all not, not all that bad anymore. <laughs> are you talking about the thieves? Well, yeah. So like the, the thieves villains. and there, I mean, there's the thieves, the one that obviously ends up in your hand at the beginning of the game. It's part of your starting deck, but I mean, there's lots of them on there, right? Um, I, Thomas's ex-wife is in there. What was, what was she? The antagonist? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, well, so, yeah she so certainly we, was the antagonist. We create our own like separate lives when we're playing board games. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, <laughs> we just right. we just live our we just live our normal lives. We just Jeez, right, we just then. give them different names. That's all. All right. All I feel right. like that joke is a bit too in for me to be be allowing it on the podcast, but we'll so, we'll let it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Slightly we'll esoteric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's just I mean it's easily one of those things where you just you you can you can play into the bad side of the game. And and take that risk and not completely dunk yourself because, you know, like you said, um, Justin, you have the ability to, you know, get rid of cards. You can kind of fix your your pathway kind of as you're going through um, and things like that. I just I really appreciated that about this game. I, I don't I don't know how else to explain why I enjoyed this one so much more, but I, I definitely did. This is like I, like I said earlier, it, I really I really strongly feel that this game is, you know, and and one thing that I like about it and then at the same time I can see it being extremely frustrating is that you know there's so much similar to Paladins and similar ish to um Architects is that everything feeds off of everything else so like in this one in particular like you don't necessarily need to need to go down all of the avenues but you need to at least know that they're there and like know I don't know how I don't even know how to explain it. Like the you need to be you need to be like familiar enough with them that that it's like okay, you I know, I get you it, do, right? I, I honestly I really don't think you do. I think you really? can be yeah, I think you that's what I was trying to say earlier. I think that you can be completely ignorant <sighs> I don't know. certain aspects of the game and and really not be uh not be any farther back than anyone else. I really don't. Like th- who won the game? Completely ignorant to the middle like Sorry, Thomas. To the it's, it's castle fine. portion of the game. No, that that was factual. Yeah, but like it's. I don't. Uh, mm, so I guess. just to. I I don't think that they're inter. Like I don't think they're interconnected as in the same way that paladins forced you to do. You know, you That's had true. you had to have some red before you could do some blue, and you had to have some blue before you do some black or whatever the fuck. I think this one is more like there are going to be times when your hand situation is such that you don't have the symbols that you necessarily want on the board. And then you just have to sort of deal with that. So maybe the fact that you have like, I don't know, two money bags, two people with money bags on them and one fleur-de-lis and you're just you're you completely have no money and you're just you're just stuck on the inner ring for some reason. You can just like put a dude down. Right. Like, I, I think that it's it's less interconnection. Like there's nothing stopping you from doing, uh, you know, in general, you can find your way to a place where you can maybe do something. Whereas I felt like with the previous game Paladins, like you would go and you you do your turn and you'd be like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just get some money or whatever, because I can't, literally can't do any of this other stuff. I don't know. Mm, I felt mm-hmm. like it was more more prohibitive in the previous game. Whereas this one, you know, just based on what you had in your hand and if you could like putting down some of the buildings, let you let you get some uh, get some stuff out that gave you more options. Like there is a building that you can put down that uncovers a like you get to move one extra if you want to or you get one extra card, which doesn't seem like a lot. 
until you realize that like that lets you move pretty much wherever you need to go to be effective. Um, so I think there is a little bit of interconnection, but I think it's less constricting than the previous game. Yeah. Well, from what I understand, yes, knowledge of what everything does definitely, I think, would help as you play the game more. Yeah. Um, Because it'll help you kind of see, well, where's the best place I can go right now at this moment? You know, sure, I could go here because I'm, you know, all in on inkwells. But I, you know, look at looking at what I have out here, you know, I could actually probably get more points if I just uh, quickly did a sneaky dump of some uh, some guys into the castle right now because that'll help me next turn because I'll be in a better position. So having a knowledge generally, I guess, of where sort of all the victory points can come from uh, will help optimize your move. But I think I think everyone else is right in saying that you don't necessarily need to touch on an aspect of the game and still do well. You can just super hyper-focus yourself into only uh, castles, just dumping workers in that castle and you'll probably do fine um but you know it, I, I think that that also affects because most of what we do is sort of a first impressions yeah and uh you know it's that it's that depth that's revealed it does i yes i, I definitely feel that it has some depth to it which is sweet and that that's exciting because that's what you want out of a game right is you you want that replayability or at least i do anyways i mean Maybe there are those people out there who are just super comfortable playing a game once or twice and being like, yep, that's that's me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not for 60 bucks. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, I want to get as much out of this as I possibly can. Um, and like one thing I have found in the West Kingdom trilogy is that it's it's been there. Like, you've you've had these uh, you've had this this like replayability bit come through. And it's I, I, I don't know. I think. This entire trilogy has been um, pretty damn good, as far as I'm concerned. Totally, I, I will. I, I, I will briefly bring back Adam's rulebook corner, though. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm gonna, gonna gonna drag it out from the the swamp where it's you know. That's uh, it's been there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's rulebook corner. The one thing that I think I noticed and kept hanging us up and probably added close to an extra half an hour onto our playthrough was, you know, if you're going to make a quick reference on the back of the book, make sure it has all the symbols. Yes. All of them. If it's on the border a card, make sure it's on that quick reference because there were a fair handful of times where it's like that symbol is it's not there i don't know what it means i'm gonna go dig through the book and also when when you're making uh handy dandy player aids uh it, that is that is the perfect time to throw art direction into the garbage and just make sure that <laughs> they are very very clear even if that means point form on your turn do one of four actions like one two three four and just put like build something 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 just so you can look at that and not have to be like okay here's some more hieroglyphs let me check the manual yeah oh they're not they're not in the quick reference okay let me dig through the manual then they're no longer a player aid something has gone wrong at that point because i think that was one of the reasons we messed up well one the the hand reshuffling and two it was something else something about the one of the collisions and stuff which is was not clear on the player aid so we had to go to the rule book to look up exactly point by point what it does and that's uh that's not uh it's not great then then it's not really much of a player aid might as well just put some nice art on the back and tell everyone to look at the rule book well you know i i do i do think that uh and that's my soapbox. Well, that was a that was a good soapbox. I do think that we've uh, we've kind of like walked away from the rule book corner here recently, just because. Um, well, we've been playing online, and you know the the world of yeah. Control F and and PDFs exist. <laughs> you know, yeah, no kidding. But I agree with you. But it was just yeah, it was just one of the first things that I I noticed like. Because I remember in the uh, watching the how to play and it's like, oh, you get your starter card, which tells you what resources you get. Then you flip it over and it's handy player aid. And then I remember flipping it over and looking at it and be like, this is not handy at all. <laughs> well, it was very split, right? It was split between that card. Some of it was on your player board. Um, 
it wasn't like it wasn't all in yeah. one place. Like it was kind of scattered. It was, I mean, it was yeah. There's interesting pieces there for sure that I'm still not entirely understanding the like when you build a building on the on that one above the uh your collision piece how mm-hmm. that plays into it like i'm still yeah i'm still completely oh. out in left field about what that does and how that works and i feel like yeah. when you're building buildings you can pick any of them you don't have to go so. left to right you you can pick so if you build like the three three hammer buildings you can pick any of the three you don't have to go in order yeah and see and things like that i completely lost on me didn't even know it i mean did it make my day horrible no by no means no i I definitely had to look through the rule book to figure out what some of them did especially yeah the collision one in particular i'm like what does this do I have no clue. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, though, that it did a better job at telegraphing what you need to do something. Like, you know, the the putting workers in the castle was, was go- a gold fleur-de-lis with a picture of a gold next to it. So you knew I need gold to add extra workers. Uh, you know, the trade had the money symbol next to it. So I know I need silver to interact or add extra trades. Where I, I remember we found big problem in paladins where it wasn't telegraphed well and it's was just kind of like oh there's numbers on these pots what does that mean i don't know uh or you know oh you needed x number of uh war to put a building here uh because it's on the card below which is again not clear this one did a way better job at actually blending its art and sort of usability um than paladins did yeah you know i i think that they've probably they probably learned from uh from paladins and i i can only imagine that they took a a couple cues and were like "Mm, this uh this is what worked this is what didn't work like here we are yeah yeah which is good that that shows development absolutely a little evolution and I think I think they got a got rid of a lot of the fiddly bits by the time they got to, to viscounts. Like mm-hmm. there was the inkwells, fiddly bits. Well, yeah, there was inkwell, stone, <laughs> gold, and that's it, right? Like and silver. I mean, sure, like coins, but they didn't have like your your setup wasn't you know six different tableaus of cards that did a whole bunch of different things. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't. Yeah. And keeping track of which track you're on and which temporary bonuses you get this turn for that track. Yeah, like it was it was all much more centralized. It was all much cleaner. You know, I. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. They got rid of all these sort of unnecessary complications. Yeah. That where you had to like check for something to see if you could do something. And this was just, do you have the points or do you have uh, the symbols cool good build it yeah and not like a whole bunch of different cards that do different things that like Um, that's one thing that i just i really drives me crazy when i go into a board game box and there's like seven decks of cards and they're they're different they all have a different purpose so they're like they have a different back color on them or something and you're just like really like not only is it insanely difficult to try to keep a, a massive stack of cards nicely in a box like you either need to put them in a Ziploc bag or you need to put an elastic band around them. like you need to do something to keep them together which in and of itself is frustrating well, you gotta sleeve them first then, well yeah you, yes oh, that's no, number one well the thing is is that this is the one time that I'll agree <laughs> with sleeving because if you put an elastic around them at least you're wrecking the sleeve not the card <laughs> right? well what are you doing with elastics whoa uh, we'll get these well, elastics uh, out you're ruining the sleeve now <laughs> But the cards like floating around in the in the box drives me honestly bonkers. Oh, that's a fun that's a fun oh, team building sure. exercise at the beginning of your game. Is yeah. like, hey, help me that's... sort these, and then you can anyone who's not helping you can just tell them to go home. Yeah, because an hour later, <laughs> the first time you unbox a box is a uh, break out the ziplock. Is uh, everything needs to go together? Yeah, I just think it's some that, deck boxes. It's it's For one sure. thing to have a whole bunch of different, and I don't. This is just a me thing, I'm sure. But it's one thing to have a whole bunch of different, like a hundred different kinds of tokens. They're different shapes. They look like different things. Great, but once you have six or seven different decks of cards. I that is honestly that's like 
hell in a handbasket for me. That's probably one of my biggest complaints <laughs> about uh, Dead of Winter is keeping all the different cards separate. Mm-hmm. It's mm. like... Yeah, for setup and stuff. You're trying to like, you put them like two different decks together in the same bag and you box them purposely so that you can keep them separate. And oh my God. Okay, we won't go down this road because I'll <laughs> start to get really annoyed. <laughs> Start to I get. just I can't handle that. Yeah. So I I appreciate the fact that they've basically made a starting deck and everything else deck a very like two very specific like deeds and debts that don't actually like they're not different. They're all the same. And then like your manuscript point cards, but it's not like if you lose one card, the world is not going to fall apart. Well, I mean it might, but you know, oh it will. I just, oh, it'll it'll fall apart, especially if you lose Clovis. Clovis. Oh, could you imagine losing Clovis? <laughs> yeah, I'm Clovis. <laughs> oh dear. But everyone at home loved that one. <laughs> what are these guys talking about? Talking about Clovis. Uh, does anyone have anything else that they want to they want to talk about? I think so. All right. No, good game though. Good game. Excellent. How good of a game, Adam? Uh, well, well, uh, this one, this, uh, this one, I think, um, I, I still think I like Architects the most. Like, you know, I, I think I like Architects the most, followed by this one, followed by Paladins. And that gives this one a nine out of 10. This is, this is a good game. And I, I really enjoyed this one. And I think that there's a lot to unpack here and it, it makes me want to play more of it. And it makes me want to like, you know, like, like delve further into it and really start to understand, um, some of the concepts that they have in here. Uh, yeah, this, this one's, this one's good. This one's really good. Uh, I did manage to find, uh, recently find a copy of architects on like the local board game kind of trading page. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've picked up a copy of architects and, uh, I think I'll, I'll be looking for a copy of Viscounts as well. Um, and you know, I mean, I, at that point I maybe, maybe the trifecta, but we'll see what happens. Um, Justin, will, will you be looking for Viscounts? Well, uh, you know, trying to stay on the, uh, keep or not keep thing. This is not a game that I will be picking up. Uh, though that's more because of generally my board game preference and, uh, group I play with. I, I found this one while it was interesting and I'd be willing to play it again, uh, a little long and a, uh, for, for kind of what it was probably played best with three, uh, that might actually do it. And, uh, also I think we spent a lot of time kind of going back and forth through the rules, which, uh, is always dropped the more you play it uh and i i appreciated this game way more than than paladins i still enjoy the uh architects probably the most because of sort of the direct player interaction and sort of the way that the the map kind of can build with everyone interacting and uh trying not to get a uh too conspicuous and get a uh gathered up by the uh local constable how dare and yeah which, which just has i don't know just it feels more interactive more more fun uh, but this one kept me interested and i would definitely play it again uh because i enjoyed sort of the different paths you could take and i'd like to see kind of how you could really sort of focus on the deck manipulation and um kind of explore sort of maybe different avenues and uh, kind of see how see how you can get the most uh victory points sweet sweet victory points out of it um so yeah, it has a lot of good things going for it. If this is sort of the type of game that you like, then I, I think it's a solid recommendation. Uh, the main reason I wouldn't pick it up is more just my personal play style um, rather than uh, not not enjoying the game itself. But it doesn't quite do enough for me uh, to to really put it up on my radar. I'm still happy with just uh, architects out of uh, these these ones. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a definitely a, a move in the right direction and a, a step um, above uh, what Paladins delivered, which felt like a very uh, solo experience. And yeah, that's about it for me. How about you, Debbie? So uh, I am on a five-point scale. Uh, I gave the other... <laughs> the funny thing. So I've given both other games a four out of five, I think. I may have given Paladins a three. I think you were, I think you were like sort of waffling between a three and a yeah. four on Paladins. Yeah. So this one's definitely... I 
I definitely appreciate this one actually a lot more. I feel like this one could actually potentially play well at a two-player count, um, whereas I don't think that uh, Architects would, and I feel like Paladins probably, I would imagine, probably plays best at two. Um, But I'm kind of interested to see how Viscounts does kind of in a two-player game. I'm very interested to kind of understand and really pick up the other... um, pieces of the game that I haven't picked up yet. Um, I'm happy to admit the fact that there's some things that flew very far over my head while we were playing it the first time around. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested in that aspect of it. Um, I This is a four out of five for sure. I, I can't push this to a five out of five just because of the fact that I... We're still talking about um, a game that is kind of convoluted and intimidating when you walk up to it. And I, you know, this is definitely the one that when we were, uh, when we watched the video um, on how to play it, I got a pit in my stomach. I was like, "Uh oh, this is, this is gonna suck. Um, And that's not a good first impression to have, unfortunately. And I, that really does actually hold me back from giving um, any of these games of five out of five, because I think that they just, they are a little too much in many ways. Um, But I think that once you get used to them and you've played them a couple times, then, you know, they're great. Um, There's a lot going for it. I think that these are, you know, for heavy Euro gamers, I think that these are really, really well laid out games. Um, I, Viscounts, I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I lean definitely towards kind of having a favoritism towards the Viscount side. Um, and so it's, it's, it's definitely high on the four out of five. Um, it's just, like I said, it's a little intimidating. There is a lot going on. Um, and there is a lot to learn. So you have to be willing to kind of put in a little bit of time with this game, um, in order to really be able to feel like, like you got it right. And that you understand it. Um, and that's, yeah, you know, it, it has a double-edged sword. So, uh, yeah, four to five for me. Uh, Thomas. Thomas. What, uh, what does he think? Uh, you know, I'm, I, I agree with pretty much everything everyone has said. Um, I think I lean closer towards um, Justin's feelings on this one. Uh, I'm on a keep or not keep. So if I had this game in my collection, I don't think I would throw it out. It is very worthy of being part of your collection if you're into this sort of thing. It is interesting enough um, and it has enough depth, I think, that it would be good to get out for you know your serious board game nights. Uh, the art is hilarious. I, I, love, I love the art. Um, some of the decisions that they made regarding, you know, like we said, uh, player aids and uh, some of the symbols is a bit baffling. But, you know, when you're knee deep in nerdery like this, I think you got to expect a little bit of that. Um, but I don't I don't think I'll go out and get it uh, just because it is a bit long um, and probably not. It's not you know, it's it's more it's it's way more interesting than uh, than Paladins was, but it's not as much fun as Architects was. Um, you know, it just in terms of, uh, you know, like, like Justin said, you know, rounding up people and interacting with your friends is, is a lot of fun, but it was a, a, a good time. Um, I had, a, I had a really good time with it. I would definitely play it again. I just, I'm just not, not, not going to run out and grab this one. Uh, but again, if you are into, uh, super heavy, well, not super, but you know, heavy ish euros, yeah, this is one to, to check out for sure. Um, but yeah, for me, it's going to be a, a, a keep, but I won't. I won't go out and grab it, um, which is, I don't know, maybe I got to come up with like a third, third section of my, my scale. I don't know. Maybe I got to turn it into some sort of like sandwich based tier or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like half a thumb, you know, like remember that way back in the, in the early episodes we had. Oh, well, one and a half. Thumbs. One and a half thumbs was the one thumb up and one side. Uh-huh. Fucking that. That was the worst part is what? Like, no, the worst part was that it changed every week. That was what the worst part was. That, that's that's true. That is the worst part. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best part. Yeah, yeah. No, it had some, it had some color to it, but we've uh, we've mellowed. And uh, your <laughs> your nine is a Cubano. That's is that correct? Adam? It is a Cubano. Yeah, that's a Cubano. Fuck. Yeah. yeah, I had a Cubano actually uh, last week, and it, um, it, it did not. It was not a. It was not a uh, level nine Cubano, but it was. It was a Cubano all the same, so I don't know if that makes it better or just more more upsetting, but 
There you have it. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like this kind of thing, you can uh, find lots of episodes of where where, where that came from. Uh, we've got over 100 of them. Uh, but uh, thank you for spending your time with us uh, here today. Uh, if you like this kind of thing, you can uh, like and subscribe. You can share it around. That would be fantastic. If you have any sort of constructive feedback, you can uh, email us at collapsinggameshelf at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at CGS Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Team Rage Tom if you uh, want to tell me, uh, yeah, I don't know, why uh, why Viscounts is, is the worst one of the three or something like that. Uh, Justin, what do you got for us? Well, hey, uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at Don't Trust Justin. Why don't you go ahead and tell me who your favorite Viscount in Southern England is? And what? Jesus, so specific. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Specifically, Southern English Viscounts. Yes. Okay. Specifically. Christ. I feel like I have homework here. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm, I'm tweeting. We're done, Debbie. You're done? Are you sure? I fucking hope so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Googling <laughs> South English Viscounts as we speak. Oh, uh, all right. You guys can get me at, at Mrs. Wynn. That's at M-R-S-W-H-Y-N on Instagram and Twitter. And you can get us as a group at CGS Podcast on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you guys. If there's something you think we should try, let us know. Um, like we said, this was uh, a suggestion from Kevin. Uh, we do have a large abundance of games that we still do have to get through um, of our own. <laughs> <laughs> which so we are going to start to get back to. And I think we promised Sam that we were going to do a bunch and then we just couldn't find them. I can't find them. Yeah, that's the problem. So, so uh, I just I just uh, wanted to Hexploit. point out sorry Sam, we just we just can't find them online. Yeah. Yeah, Hexploit and uh Battlecon. Yeah. I haven't been able to find a working version um, of Battlecon, at least not one that worked well. Um, and then Hexploit, can't find one at all. So, um, yeah, I mean, please let us know if there's something that you think we should uh, we should do. It's um, I want to say wouldn't be that surprising if one of us owns it, but somehow we keep finding games that we don't own. <laughs> uh, I've gone clean from uh, Kickstarter. That's it. You know, that's this that's is the it. problem. You can't go. You can't just go clean from Kickstarter. Well, the last one I got was like Stellaris, and I was like, "Why did I? Why did I do that?" Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a big in. That's a big. Because the video game's good. I yeah, guess. the video game's pretty. Well, I was just. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe the last one is either that one or Frosthaven. Either way, I look. I've kicked the habit. All right. I was sitting at home mm-hmm. alone on my couch, and I was lonely, and so I went on to Kickstarter, and oh, it gave me the warm. Yeah, no. It's like going to the grocery store when you're hungry. <laughs> Yeah. Bad idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, nope. agree. Yeah. I agree. But no, we do. We have a couple other games um, that are on uh, Board Game Arena. Board Game Arena is slowly, uh, you know, expanding its uh, world, and they are starting to get some more games that we have and that we own. So I think we're gonna probably make a little shift back to uh, some of the games that we have. But please, uh, like I said, if there's something out there that you think we'd like, let us know, and we'll see what we can do at CGS Podcast Twitter Bird person thing tweet <laughs> adam how about you um debbie is the worst at uh sharing her her other project which is baking um but first even even before we get to the baking you can get me on social media at for the win f-o-r-t-h-e-w-h-y-n um you can uh, also catch us if you're in the calgary area and you like barbecue and or baking uh you can catch uh, both mrs win aka debbie and i um on facebook uh which is ftw barbecue and bakery um if you're interested in baked goods uh debbie can help you out if you're interested in barbecue uh that's more my gig and uh yeah we'd uh we'd love to we'd love to help you uh we've agreed to do some christmas uh a christmas barbecue event weather dependent you know how calgary is it could be minus 25 and two feet of snow and i'm just not i'm not smoking for 14 hours like that it's just not happening but yes check it out on facebook ftw barbecue and bakery um yeah yeah we got the meats no wait that's already taken isn't it god damn it. <laughs> we need a slogan oh man tweet tweet at him with your slogans yeah tweet yeah tweet slogan ideas seriously crowdsource this clearly i do yeah 
He just keeps using song lyrics, and I don't think he can do that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we will be back at you next week with something fun. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. Tweet.